I'm Jamie Gennaro, and this is Business for Humans. Let's talk about taking your business to a new level without the suits and without being a robot. Here, you can be yourself, you can be imperfect, you can be flawed, and you can still have raging success. So let's go. Hi. (laughs) I'm starting each episode with like a weird greeting. Greetings. Salutations. It's very awkward sometimes just ramping into these episodes. However, today is a very important episode if you are a manager or a leader of a team. And that can also include at home. So if you are in a position where you are leading a team of family members, I think this is an important episode. It's one of those episodes that isn't as inspiring and delightful as some of the other like more woo-woo episodes that I do for me personally, because this is so hard, which is why it's so important. So leading teams, managing teams is hard and also massively rewarding. I am a coach. So by nature, as a part of my job, I coach people, which means I have to give them feedback. And sometimes that is not easy, right? And I get into a space where I feel bad. Sometimes I have to be honest, like it doesn't feel great to sometimes have to reflect um, things back to people. But here's why it's important. Because without that feedback, we cannot grow. Without that feedback, we stay still and we stagnate. And I have to be honest, for me, I find it easier to receive feedback than to give feedback. And that's just in my nature because I feel like I am somebody who is coachable. I think I've always been coachable since I was small and on team with coaches when I was playing sport. I really appreciated the feedback because I wanted to get better. I didn't want to just keep playing the same way. I wanted someone to tell me what to tweak to enhance my performance. I've always wanted that. I've thought it out. That's why I'm in the business I'm in. That's why I'm an entrepreneur because it's constant growth, constant change, constant feedback loop to elevate and get to what I like to say, the next level of the video game. So I appreciate feedback a lot. And so if you're one of my clients and you haven't given me any feedback, please do. I'm very open to it. I want the experience to be um, as rewarding and invigorating to you as it possibly can be when we're working together. So I really love feedback. Giving feedback is harder. And it's because we decide for the other person how it may make them feel or not feel. And most of the time we're incorrect. (laughs) But we spend a lot of time when we're considering giving feedback or when we're a parent having to give feedback or when we're a spouse needing to give feedback or when we're a manager needing to give feedback, we decide ahead of time how that feedback 
would feel if we were on the receiving end. But for me, I am always open to feedback. So for me to decide that other people are not is me projecting a story that is not true onto the other person. Now, let me first tell you what feedback is and what feedback isn't. Feedback is not judgment. It's not purposefully trying to make someone feel bad. It's not passive aggressive. It is not coming from a place of ego, envy, jealousy, insecurity. Okay. So when I say feedback, it doesn't mean getting into a debate or an argument or a conflict with someone. The goal of feedback is to enhance someone else's performance and to relieve pain. What does that mean? Sometimes in people's approaches to work, so if you are leading a team, their approach to work may involve causing pain to others, not on purpose, okay? I'm assuming everyone comes into their work, comes into their family lives with the best of intentions, with big hearts and open minds. But sometimes in people's approach to work, it may cause friction or pain. And that pain might just be a pain point, right? It might not be emotional pain. It just might be creating a burden where there doesn't need to be a burden and where we want as leaders to create more flow, to create more ease, to create more collaboration and openness, right? And so the somebody's approach might be causing unintentionally other people pain. Sometimes it might be emotional pain, but there are some people in management and leadership positions who are not trained to give feedback. And so sometimes what happens is they unintentionally create pain, emotional pain, when they're not providing feedback. They're holding back the feedback. They're avoiding conflict. And so the person on the receiving end, person on their team, thinks everything is fine until it's time for a review or it's time for a promotion. And all of a sudden, they're not getting it and they don't know why. And that causes pain. It causes confusion. It also causes insecurity because people think everything's okay until they get to one of those pivot points. And now they realize, well, okay, maybe things aren't okay, but they haven't consistently been getting that feedback. So feedback does not come from a place when you're providing feedback, it should not come from a place of conflict or judgment. So if you are in conflict with someone, that is not the time to provide feedback. So when you provide feedback as a leader, you need to make sure that your side of the street is clean. And that means a couple of things. Number one, your energy (laughs) needs to be clean. You need to be free of judgment and free from I don't want to say actually free from the outcome because I think when you provide feedback, you do have a hope and an expectation for a specific type of outcome. So in this case, you're not free from the outcome. 
that you want to be free from any feelings that are negative towards this person. So feedback should be very clean. It should not be personal. It should not use language that can become personal. It should not necessarily be from you solely. I think it's important to collect feedback from others so that this doesn't feel like a personal judgment on someone's way of working or way of showing up in a family. Um, it needs to feel like it's a more holistic view of the approach and where you want to relieve pain points, where you want to create flow. The point of feedback is to create flow and ease, and in some cases, more joy. And that means the feedback's coming from a place of ease and joy and flow and positivity, right? This, the reason why I keep using the word judgment is because this is not about I'm better or I, my approach is better. It's that we are looking at where there's a pain point being inflicted and we want to release that pain point. I know pain is a strong word and it might be a trigger for some people, but, but I do think that when you're providing feedback, this is a little bit of what you're looking for. There are, of course, ways to provide feedback for smaller things, right? For things that are not big pain points. But I think what happens to leaders is that they avoid the conflict and the conflict is feels stronger when it's a pain point, right? Like there is literal pain being inflicted on you as a leader as well, because you don't want to provide the feedback. So you run away from it. And, and I think the smaller points of feedback are much easier to deliver. It's the bigger pieces that we avoid because it might become a can of worms. It might become a Pandora's box. It might have a domino effect. This is why our side of the street needs to be clean because if there is a domino effect, we need to be ready to manage that and to support where needed. Because when you relieve, let's say you, you, move, you remove a dam, it's very possible that the new flow of water could create a different level of destruction. Let's just, I'm using big words today, heavy words, but it is possible that that influx of water, if you are not prepared for it at the downstream, if you're not ready for that inflow of water, you could be creating new problems. So as a leader, you have to have the vision for what is the outcome, right? If I remove this dam, what am I looking to improve farther down the, the stream? What am I hoping to accomplish? You do need to be pretty focused on the outcome here when you're providing this feedback. Now, if you're not really clear on the outcome, this is a collaboration point. This is where you get the team together and say, I want to relieve this pain point in order to improve these things downstream how do you all feel about that? Does it feel like we need to be removing this pain point? So it's a collaboration point. You don't have to be solely responsible for the vision and the outcome. You can work with people. If you have a team, this is the benefit, right? This is why you bring people in, you bring in collaborators so that you don't have to be the only person coming up with solutions. In fact, I would recommend against it 
as a leader because you want to get that feedback and the collaboration so that everyone feels equally engaged in the solution and the reason for removing the pain point. Particularly if that pain point rests on someone in specific, if you need to provide that feedback, if they've been a part of the collaboration of understanding why that pain point needs to get relieved and why we need more water at the end of the river, <laughs> if they're a part of the process and the, and the thinking around that, you're gonna have a much easier time giving feedback because they see the vision. They understand why that, that roadblock needs to be removed. It's going to be a lot easier for them to understand how it's related to the bigger picture. So let me give an example of where this might be the case in a work situation and where it might be the case in a home situation. A lot of this has been coming up for me lately. And I would say like in three facets of my life, all equally important to me, this feedback moment has come up. And the reason why early on I said it's harder for me to provide feedback, it's not hard for me to provide feedback. It's a part of my job. But I do have realized recently that I have held on to this feeling of guilt for providing feedback. I think a lot of people do. And what I realized in providing feedback in these three facets of my life recently is that to me, feedback is transparency and honesty. And I was approaching it with guilt and shame, thinking, well, I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. But that is never my approach in providing feedback. And I think anyone who's ever worked for me can agree. I am never judgmental or trying to put someone down when I'm providing feedback. And I do try to get group not consensus, but sort of group feedback so that when I present something, it's not just coming from me and I'm trying to point out what this kind of dam that's been built <laughs> is, you know, what my reflections are of it and how it's affecting other people. That being said, I still have had, I've carried this weight because I've always provided feedback. It's always been a part of my career. It's, oh, it's not it hasn't always been received well. And I don't mean for my team, but I mean when I manage up. It has not always been received well because it's not always been, it hasn't always been sought out. It hasn't been requested, right? <laughs> that feedback hasn't been asked for. However, what I realized recently is that if I am in a relationship with someone, a coworker, a colleague, or someone in my friendship or family circle, I feel fundamentally dishonest if I feel a certain way about them or their, their behaviors and I'm not bringing it forward. I feel like I'm lying. I feel like I'm not showing up authentically. I'm not being kind. I'm, and I think this is a little bit of an American affliction, this idea of we show up with a smile, but then we talk about people behind their backs. I do not subscribe to that kind of behavior. I don't like it. I find it judgmental and it, it, it creates a hierarchy where you judge someone and then talk about them behind their back as if you're better. And I've never liked that kind of behavior. Even when I was in high school, there was so much gossipy energy that I avoided it. I, 
actually tried not to go to high school as much as possible because it was very gossipy. I went to school in Southern California. It was very fast times at Ridgemont High, you know, just superficial, not all of it, but a lot of my high school experience was superficial based on things that, that were not my values. And I used to feel like there was something wrong with me. Like, why do I feel like I have to be the person providing the feedback? But what I've realized recently with the help of my coaches and getting feedback from people is that this is fundamentally who I am. I am honest and I am direct and I tell people how I feel. And and that means that if I feel love and um, I don't know, what else, respect, you're also going to know about that. And I think all of my friends can say that that's true. Like I probably put them on the spot sometimes when I'm like gushing all over them about how much I love them and, and, you know, value their friendships. I do that a lot. (laughs) So it goes both ways. It's not just feedback in a, in the direction of here are some things I'm noticing that, you know, we should work on together or here's some places where I'm feeling pain. It's the other way around too. Like this is, I'm feeling so much love for you. Like I have so much respect for you. I'm so in awe of you. I think you're amazing. Like I gush all over my friends. And um, so it goes in both directions. I give really positive feedback also. So what I'm trying to say (laughs) is that it's about being, to me, it's about transparency and honesty. And it relieves the burden of having to feel some way about someone that you're holding back and then you're not being honest in your relationship with them. So that has helped me really get to a place where I'm really at peace with this feedback art because to me, it's really about honesty and clarity. I do not want someone on my team thinking they are meeting my expectations and going on like that for sometimes years, I've seen leaders have people on their team who really for years think that they're meeting the mark when behind closed doors, it's being discussed that that person is not meeting the mark. And sometimes there's an exit strategy being being considered or developed. I've been in those rooms in C-level and executive level meeting rooms where people's performance are being discussed. And guess who has never heard about their performance being not meeting the mark, the employee. That is unkind, in my opinion. That is unkind. So let's talk about providing feedback. I said I was going to give an example, and then I went on a rant. (laughs) So an example in a work situation. So I recently, um, as a consultant, was working with a team where this back I don't want to say backstabbing, but behind the back conversation was going on. And what what was happening is that there were conversations going on about like basically about process. And there was one person leading the process. So the conversations turned from focusing on the process pain points onto focusing on this person as the pain point. And it became personal. And what was happening was this let's say I always point to different sides of the table, but let's say if somebody on the left side, and I don't mean that in the political realm, but let's say one person on the left side of the table was 
talking about this person and the process pain points. And then they were basically rallying their team behind this idea that this person is doing all the wrong things. They're showing up the wrong way. The process is wrong. All these things are wrong. But guess who didn't hear that feedback? Person who was running the process, right? But there was a tension that they felt, right? Like you cannot hide the tension, but there was no direct feedback. There was no conversation. There was no attempt at bridging the gap or providing feedback. It was just a lot of behind closed doors conversations. And and this person on the left side of the table was a team leader. So now by her example, she's sort of getting this, getting her whole team rallied behind her. Of course, her team wants to impress her, right? She's the lead, the team lead. So then they get on board and then they start talking and then it just creates basically this us versus them type of situation. So I saw this going on as a consultant and I offered to this person's manager, hey, can we give her some feedback? Because this is not leader, this is not a leadership quality. We do not want her leading in this way of like, hey, we're gonna lead by gossiping, and then you rally behind me, and then this is how we handle ourselves in a leadership position. I said, I don't think this is really the kind of leader you're trying to grow in your organization. The manager had never given this person any feedback that was not positive in this person's entire career in the organization, which I think was about six to 10 years. This person had never gotten any feedback um, except that, oh, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. So guess what's happening now in the culture of this organization? The no feedback rule is perpetuated all the way to the top of the organization. So nobody's getting feedback from any, any direction except positive, right? Like, oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. And then behind closed doors, we're going to talk about how you're not doing great. So I went to this person on the left side of the table who was leading the charge around this kind of gossipy behavior. And I said, listen, you know, one of the things I'm noticing is that there's not direct feedback being given to teams. And she said, well, that's not true. You know, we give a lot of feedback related to projects that people are working on specifically and the way they're working inside of this project. And I said, well, that's not the type of feedback I'm talking about. That's great. I'm happy that that feedback's being provided, but I'm talking about a different level of feedback. Let me give you an example. I have some feedback for you. And it was delivered in a very kind way. That's the only way I know how to deliver feedback. But I talked her through this behavior that I was noticing of feedback that needed to go directly to this person who was running process, but instead it felt like it was behind closed doors being discussed and people were kind of being rallied behind this idea that the process was broken, but nobody was telling the person who was running the process. And what, and she was so receptive. You know, sometimes I think that people really do want to hear the truth right? That they do feel attention or a sense that maybe, you know, they're not quite meeting the mark, but nobody's telling them that. So they just keep going forward, plowing through. And I think there was a part inside of her, how could there not be, that probably felt a little guilty and a little shamed for talking about someone behind their back. How could you not? 
So again, I brought it up in a very kind way where I said, listen, I see so much potential in you. You have so much potential for being a really strong leader, but this is not a leadership quality. I want you to work on it because I want this team to be able to elevate you. I want your bosses to be able to help you elevate. This is one of the ways we can do it. And she listed to me all the things she felt like she could do to improve this. You know, and and one of the things which was so productive was, you know what I need to do? This is what she told me. I should write down all the things that I think, you know, could be worked on around process. And I should bring all of that to this person and have a productive conversation about it. I was like, that is how we build teams, 100%. That's teamwork, right? Not just talking about someone behind their back, bringing it forward to them, again, feedback, right? Bringing feedback about the process directly to this person so they don't have to feel some kind of tension or weird vibes or feeling like maybe they're doing things right and then other people don't feel that way, right? So I gave this woman feedback and encouraged her to give this other person feedback, right? In, a, in, in the way that I presented it, in a kind, clear way, with no judgment, with nothing personal. This is not a personal attack. This is really about how we can work better together and relieve pain. What are the pain points and how do we relieve them? It's not personal. Sometimes those pain points get developed over time because people aren't getting feedback. So it creates a, a log jam, right? And, and then everyone's afraid to give feedback and nobody's seeing the example of feedback. And so that log jam just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So again, when you're providing feedback, come at it with this place of like, this is not about me and a hierarchical position. I'm not telling you I'm better. I'm not telling you you're bad, right? We just want to look at places where we can relieve pain for everyone. And sometimes when people don't know that they're the cause of pain, it's harder because they might get emotional. But again, when we're providing feedback, we don't decide ahead of time how people are going to receive that feedback. And we can't decide how they want to receive it, right? Like that is everyone's personal prerogative and responsibility of how they receive. If all I know is that my side of the street is clean and I am presenting it in a way with a big open heart and I'm there to support them and I'm there to help them, and I'm just pointing something out where there's a pain point, it's not always going to be easy to be the person who realizes that they're creating pain, right? But sometimes when someone recognizes it and they're bringing that forward to you and they're saying, listen, I'm not judging you for this. I support you. We all get into places where we create pain. We all do. We're human. If I'm there to support them, they don't have to carry the burden anymore by themselves of the guilt and shame of creating pain. Somewhere in their deep, they know that they are. This woman on the left side of the table knew at some level that she was creating pain by talking behind someone's back, right? And by me just coming at it with this very open mind and saying, I want to help you, she didn't have to carry that guilt and shame anymore. She got to put it to the side and she was accepted for her being herself, right? Like there was no again, judgment. So 
coming at the feedback with this open heart of collaboration and support is a big part of it. Now let's talk about when things like this happen in a family environment. So um, I'm going to talk about my own personal experience with this. So I have a teenager who I love dearly and teenagers, a teenager's job is to push boundaries and it's an adult's job to know that that's what they're doing <laughs> and that it's totally normal and to not take it personally, essentially, and to give guidelines and to give boundaries and to give feedback around their behavior when it's pushing, um, but also to kind of hold space for it. Like, listen, this is just what's going to happen for the next couple of years. And it's okay. It's okay. But when you're part, when you're parenting with someone else, you're not always on the same page, right? Like somebody might take something personally and then somebody else might let something go. And then there's this little bit of like back and forth of like, oh man, I really wanted to, like, I'm trying to improve as a parent. I wanted to get better at this part. And then you might see that your partner in parenting is not quite on the same wavelength. So that's been happening in our house. You know, teenage time is emotional. <laughs> and um, and so I've been in a position recently where I needed to provide feedback to my spouse. And again, not from a place of I'm doing this better, but from a place of I can see where this is creating pain. And if our outcome at the end of these years is to have a really firm, grounded, strong, joyful relationship with our kids, kids, we can get on the same page with that, right? That's the vision we're working towards. We remove this logjam. That's what we're looking for. And we can 100% be on the same page. With but I see a pain point happening here that I don't think you see. And I need to provide feedback. And again, if it comes from an open heart, where it's like, let's work on this together. And also, I'm 100% open to whatever feedback you see that you can provide for me. It's not coming from a place of I'm perfect and you're imperfect. It's coming from a place of I see pain and I think we could remove it together. And this is not a personal attack, but this is about how we improve our leadership qualities, right? Like how we can be better leaders and examples and create a really firm collaborative relationship. That's different than name calling or bringing up past things and, oh, you have this pattern and this is X and, right? It doesn't have to be so personal, but for me, I can't let it go. And that's me because I feel like if I let that stuff go, I'm being dishonest and I'm watching pain happen. And I think for me, I'm always in a position where I'm trying to advocate for other people's pain points because I feel confident and grounded in providing feedback. I have a lot of experience with it. I, I don't shy away from it because it's who I am. And so sometimes when I feel like other people can't provide that feedback, I step in. I feel like it's my obligation. So that's where I step in as a consultant. Like I'm advocating for the team with a leadership team to say, listen, here's the feedback. I'm hearing it's, it can't come from me specifically because I'm not working with those people. I gather the feedback, I bring it forward. And then it's leadership team. It's their decision, whether they take that feedback and apply it and tweak or they don't, right? That's up to them. 
and I cannot influence that part. And it's the same thing when you provide feedback really to anyone. I need to then, you know, lay out the vision, get people on the same page, and then it's really up to them, right? In a relationship, it's the same thing. I can't be driving, 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 trying to change that behavior. It's not about changing it. It's about bringing awareness so that they can make the modification they see fit to make, right? So there is, although you're not disconnecting from the outcome, there is a disconnection from the personal behavior traits. Sometimes when I coach people, there might be trauma or hidden things that I can't influence, right? Like those, that's their work to do. Like that's their work. So they might see um, something that they would like to modify or change, but it's really up to them to modify and change it. I'm a guide. I can ask questions, but I'm leading people to their own answers. I'm not providing the answers. That's really the job of a coach and a manager is to, I'm not going to prescribe the one, two, three steps. I'm going to bring awareness and bring a vision and collaborate on that vision and then give them the space to adopt whatever that path is that feels right to them and not push, right? Not push my own agenda or push on them the way I would do it. Then you get into the micromanagement space and then that's not collaborative anymore. <laughs> so it's presenting, presenting the feedback, bringing them along on the journey of discovering the outcome and the vision that you're looking for, but not micromanaging the steps it takes to get there or the pace, right? It may take people some time after they've seen the behavior or understood it to make the changes needed. And so there's some patience required. I think there's also a little bit of a, you don't want to just um, forget about what this path is. Like if they're on a growth path, you want there, it is important when you're giving feedback to give some semblance of a timeline, especially if you're giving performance, be like behavioral feedback that is, um, eventually maybe going to result in them getting let go, right? If you're giving really direct feedback that's related to something that they're not meeting the expectations on really clearly, I think a timeline is important. Like I'm giving you this feedback now, let's, let's measure, like let's gauge against this over the next month. You're not telling them what you want them to do specifically, but you're saying, let's check back in. Let's see how you're doing. Let's see how you're feeling. Let's see if you're feeling change, if you're feeling, you know, if you need extra support, let's just, let's check in again. So there is some timeline to help keep the motivation around making the change and hoping to hit that outcome, but you don't want to micromanage it. You want to give them a little bit of space and also space to digest the feedback I'm somebody who is receptive to feedback and I'll, I'll grab onto it and I'll start making changes, immediate, making changes immediately. Not everyone works at that pace. Take some digestion time. So allow for that too, especially if you're a manager and especially in like a family situation. It's important to let that feedback digest and marinate and seep in. So I think this is really important work. I hope that this... Um, has resonated or made sense to you. I think if you're in a leadership position, 
feedback is one of the most essential, essential pieces to being, being a really, truly effective leader and also a really, truly trusted leader. You really gain trust when people clearly understand where you're coming from, what your expectations are of them, and you're really honest and direct about that. They always know where they stand, which means they always trust you. They trust your word because they know that you're not going to just say one thing and then mean something else. Or there's an expression like talk out of both sides of your mouth, <laughs> like say something nice out of one end and then gossip on the other end, right? I think there's a trust you build with your people when they know exactly where you stand. People know with me that I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold on to something, right? If they're picking up on a vibe, I'm going to talk to them about that vibe. I'm going to make them feel like their intuition was correct. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to just let them like sit with that and then question it and then wonder if they were crazy or not for feeling the way they were feeling. They're going to always know exactly where they stand with me. And that builds a lot of trust with your team. So I know it's, I know it's hard. I think it's a re it's really um, the work a lot of leaders have to do because a lot of it comes from confidence and security in your own worth and where you're coming from and in your own heart and feeling authentic about who you are and the way you deliver information. Um, there's a lot of work to be done there. So again, I'm going to leave it at that. I hope it was helpful and I will talk to you all next week. Are you ready to start planning for 2024? Let me help you. Let's get intentional about planning for next year. Here's how it works. Sign up in the show notes. And once you sign up, I'm going to send you a questionnaire to dig out your big ideas for 2024. Based on your answers, I'm going to email you my intuitive hit about what could be coming to you in 2024. What potential do I see for you coming up? Then I'm going to send you an audio file of a customized guided visualization specifically designed for you so that you can get grounded and you can start to see into what the future holds for you. And then we'll set up an hour and a half strategy session to work on the tactics to meet your 2024 goals. So I'm going to be running these strategy sessions through December 23rd. So hold your spot now. Time is not going to be available for long. So make sure that you hold your spot now. Sign up in the show notes. You've been listening to Business for Humans. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please leave a review so that other business owners can find the show. Learn more at practica.consulting. <laughs>